Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And I'm going to take the next step in regards to the Cubs off-season 40-man roster. Now, it's still very, very, very deliberative. Um... Nothing is final. Nothing needs to be final. Nothing ought to be final. But um, it's about time to look at the players that are eligible to be selected in the Rule 5 draft in December. And I really, this is going to be a very preliminary look. What I did was... I got out Arizona Phil's 40-man Rule 5 draft eligibility list. Arizona Phil's Rule 5 draft eligibility list. And there's, I think he said 68 guys. And looking at the list, yeah, pretty much looks like that. I'm going to run through the list. And you know how you're supposed to have these podcasts planned before you do anything? Well, I, I haven't planned this one. I really haven't planned this one. I know what I want to do, and I want to take the next step. What I'm going to do is I'm going to run down the list, and then I'm going to run down the list again with Arizona Phil's recommendations as far as players who will likely be exempted from the minor league Rule 5 draft. Full stop. Some of you are saying, what the Hell is the minor league Rule 5 draft. The Rule 5 draft is about a couple things. It's about a couple things. One is teams are forced to add players to the 40-man roster to prevent them from being selected in said 40-man in the Rule 5 draft. So, for instance, Miguel Amaya, there was no thought that the Cubs were going to use. Miguel Amaya in a major league game. But they had to add him to the 40-man roster to prevent him from being selected. There was no thought that Rafael Morel was going to be used in a major league game this year, but he had to be added to the Rule 5 uh, to the 40-man roster to prevent him from being selected in the Rule 5 draft. Justin Steele a couple years back there was no thought that he was going to be on the 40-man ro- on the um, major league roster, but he had to be added to be exempted from the 40-man from the Rule Five draft. Wow, I'm getting my verbiage horrible tonight. If I do that a couple more times, I'm gonna have to start over again. Um, so one one is to force teams to add players to the 40-man roster, before they're likely to play in a major league game, simply to... It it benefits the players. It benefits the players if they are forced onto the 40-man roster before there's any intention of them playing in a major league game. Some players are well ahead of the 40-man curve. Some players are well behind the 40-man, the Rule 5 draft curve. Um... But yeah, the the rule five, for instance, Ben Leeper, possibly, arguably, perhaps, could be added to the 40-man roster this season, 
but he won't be because that would take up a 40-man roster spot. So they'll leave him in AAA, use him a couple more times this year, and say, okay, you're fine. You, you've done all you have to do. You're good. Um, and then he will not be on the 40-man roster. He won't take up a 40-man roster spot. The Cubs will be able to do whatever else they're going to do in the offseason. And then come 2022, once the season gets going, hey, we have this Ben Leeper guy. He's about ready to start helping us out at some point whenever it works for the team. But we didn't call him up because we didn't need to. Sometimes it's a case of forcing the team to add a player to the 40-man roster to prevent addition to the uh, to prevent selection in the Rule 5 draft. And part of it is to even out talent. Part of it's to even out talent. There have been years where certain organizations have obscene amounts of talent and other teams don't. And the teams that don't, okay, we really have nothing. We really have nothing. We're going to go out and we're going to start pillaging from other teams who do have good organizations, who have drafted well, who have developed well, and we're going to take some of their players in Rule 5 draft. And we're going to try to get better that way. That's part of it. The the minor league Rule 5 draft is a bit like the major league draft in that you can poach talent from other teams, except you don't have the uh, onerous um, stipulations for you have to stay on this team for this long. And, and, and No, minor league Rule 5 draft, if you poach someone from another team in the minor league Rule 5 draft, you give them an amount of money, you get the player back in return, and he's yours. He's yours. You, you know, you're going to send him to a level higher than he'd possibly been at in spring training and give him a look there, but you don't have to return him. It, you, you send him wherever you want. So there are, four, there are three classifications of players in the minor leagues who are Rule 5 draft eligible. There are three classifications of players in the minor leagues who are Rule 5 draft eligible. One is they have been added to the 40-man roster. They're added to the 40-man roster. Y'all can't touch them. When the Cubs added Wilson Contreras to the 40-man roster, he was added to the 40-man roster because the Cubs didn't want anybody to steal him. Added him to the 40-man roster. And what, about July? He was in the major leagues. Surprise! Not really. Some players you know it's about time for them to be ready. Sometimes you have players who perhaps you call up a little tiny bit early because you're going to add them to the 40-man roster anyway. Might as well take a look at them. Braylon Marquez would be an example of that. Hey, let's send him out there for a game. It didn't work very well. Okay, but we're going to add him in the offseason anyway, so it's not a huge thing. 40-man roster, that's one level. The second level is not on the 40-man roster, but on the Rule 5 Draft AAA roster. Teams are allowed to have 38 players. 38 players. Not all teams will have 38. In fact, very few will have 38. But you can protect up to 38 players from the triple A phase of the Rule 5 draft. What that means is 
they can't be taken in the minor league portion. They can be taken in the major league portion, but they can't be taken in the minor league portion. Then you have the players who are not protected in the AAA phase. Those players can be purchased for, I'm going to say $15,000. I don't think it's quite $15,000, but it's something like that. So what you end up having for players who are in the lower classification, it's not they are bad players. It's more along the lines of, some of them are players who nobody's going to want. Some of them are, I, I, I'm looking at this list, nobody, nobody would draft him. Nobody draft him. Really doubt anybody draft him. It's not they're bad players. It's they're not going to get. They're not going to get selected. They're not going to get selected. Teams, like I say, it's about a fifteen thousand dollar fee if you select someone in the minor league phase of the Rule Five draft. Now, the Cubs have drafted some players recently. Cubs have had players selected. Cubs drafted a first baseman last time around. Jarek Suter, S I S U I T E R. A first baseman, but what happened was late in the season, team was totally out of pitching, and they sent him out to pitch in a game that the Cubs happened to have a scout at, and Jerick Suter comes out on 96-97 as a first baseman. Hmm, it's interesting. Cubs decided to sign Jerick Suter, and he got injured basically in the preseason, never really got to play in any games, He's on the 60-day injured list now, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, hey, it's a $12,000 gamble. You know, r really not a bad risk. Um, $12,000 to bring him in, and you pay him through the season to go f wherever he ends up going. Samuel Reyes is on this list. He was a Rule 5 minor league pick last year. So um, there are going to be three levels of players. I'm going to go through the entire list right now, about 65 names. I'm going to go through the list again and tell you who Arizona Phil's recommendations are or expectations are for being on the AAA protect list or higher. So these would be the players who either are going to get added to the 40-man roster or added to the AAA protection list. So I'm going to first run through the entire list. Jose Albertos, right-handed pitcher. Um, I'm, not, I'm not going to go through uh, specifics on all of the players, but Albertos had started like a house of fire and has had a lot of command trouble, has had a lot, not even so, so much command, he's just walked a lot of people. Uh, advanced A, ERA, about seven, seven and a half. There's something there, but um, we'll see. Chris Allen, left-handed pitcher, has been injured quite a bit. Shendrick Apostel was picked up in the Dwayne Underwood Jr. trade. Edmund American, an outfielder out of Chipola Junior College. DJ Artis. Outfielder from Liberty University, Javier Assad, 
right-handed pitcher, made a really nice kick assist to a first baseman a couple years ago. Cam Balego, utility catcher infielder. Alejandro Carrillo, I'm sure I've heard a game that he's pitched in, but I have no idea where that would have been. Derek Casey had been doing very well in advanced A, a bit to my surprise, and then had an injury problem. Uh, Denise Correa, low A, Myrtle Beach, bullpen, 97, 98, interesting. Giovanni Cruz, kind of a bit like Correa, more of a starter, less velocity, but more of a starter. Zach Davis, outfielder. I even had a podcast on him a while back. Luis Devers, um, pitcher in Devers, um, pitcher in Mesa. Hasn't made it to full season ball yet, I don't think. Um, Christian Donahue, infielder. Tyler Derna, first baseman at South Bend. Manuel Espinoza pitches regularly and routinely and durably for Myrtle Beach. Jeremiah Estrada, right-handed pitcher, started with some injury problems, came back, did rather well this year, then had an injury. Miguel Fabrizio, catcher, first base in Mesa. I don't really know a whole lot about him. Kelvin Feliz, right-handed pitcher in Mesa. I don't really know a whole lot about him. Reva Garcia, infielder. The bat was really good at the very lower levels. Now that he's been at higher levels, it's been less so. Trent Giambroni was doing very well in A ball, did fairly well in double A ball, but he's kind of um, plateaued. He's in AAA. We'll leave it there. Um, Jose Miguel Gonzalez pitching quite a bit for Myrtle Beach this year. Ben Hecht, reliever. I think there's been some injury concerns. Brandon Hughes started out as an outfielder, became a pitcher, was pushed into playing some outfield a couple nights ago for Tennessee just before their series was canceled. Josue Uma, infielder. He's been bouncing around here, there, and just about everywhere. Gabriel Jaramillo, closer for Myrtle Beach recently. Uh, Jaramillo and Bailey Reed. I guess you could probably call both of them Myrtle Beach's closer. Uh, Widemer Joaquin, infielder. Uh, Mesa hasn't, hasn't gotten as far as full season ball yet. Levi Jordan, infielder, out of Washington. Has gotten to double-A and triple-A. Caleb Knight, catcher. He's been one of those catchers that wherever a catcher is needed, he suddenly appears. Brendan Little, first-round draft pick, has had a sneaky good year, especially late. Dakota Mekas has been talked about quite a bit. Um... Deserves a major league look at some point. Eduarniel Nunez. Velocity, velocity, velocity. Um, Carlos Ocampo. 
injured a couple nights ago pitching for Myrtle Beach. No idea how or what or which. Speaking of injuries, Jack Patterson, left-handed pitcher, has missed the entire 2021 season due to injury. Jonathan Peralaza, outfielder, used to be an infielder, uh, tended to take in his infield errors into the dugout with him into the plate and tended to struggle. Now that he's been out in the outfield, he's been hitting and fielding much better. Fabian Pertuz, he's been one of those guys who's bounced about a bit in the infield. Jake Reindel, I guess I am going to give you a little bit of, uh, a little bit of information on all of them. Jake Reindel, hard-throwing right-handed relief pitcher out of Arkansas. He's gotten as far as... He's gotten to Myrtle Beach. I don't know that he's gotten to South Bend. Very hard thrower. Um, Jorge Ramon. Don't think he's made it to full season ball yet. Peyton Remy made it to double A and is currently on the injured list. Samuel Reyes was a minor league rule five draft selection last offseason. Has pitched in South Bend. I think he was in Myrtle Beach, and he might have been, gotten to Tennessee. I'm not. I'm not sure exactly all the spots, but um, he he hasn't really tempted to um, take Iowa by by storm. Alfonso Rivas, first baseman, will be protected. I get to that later. Ethan Roberts, relief pitcher, out of Tennessee Tech, fourth round pick couple years a number of years back very good relief pitcher he should probably be protected we'll get to that later Benjamin Rodriguez was quite good a couple years back in the Dominican League then in 2019 he was quite good in the Arizona League especially as far as durability he went innings he went innings he went innings that's huge because if you can go innings as a starter even if the numbers aren't there yet um, eventually, as things iron out, they generally end up to work out better. Rodriguez has missed, I'm going to say virtually the entire year. I don't think he's pitched in, a, in an actual game this year. He's missed virtually the entire season with injury, and that's been a big problem. A whole bunch of people missing a whole lot of time with injuries. Luis Angel Rodriguez was fantastic in the Arizona League a couple years back. This year he's been in Mesa. He's been rather good there. Left-hander, not likely to be selected for the Rule 5 draft this cycle. Next cycle, very possibly could be. Cam Sanders has pitched reasonably well in Tennessee, and I can't tell you a darn thing about him because he confuses me. Anytime I watch him, I learn less. I know less about him the more I watch him. He does well, and then he struggles, and I have no idea why. Um, Jason Santana came over in the U Darvish trade, started out in Myrtle Beach, was sent back to Mesa, has hit, has hit much better in Mesa. Presumably, next cycle, gets another look in Myrtle Beach. He is Rule 5 eligible. He will not be selected. Wyatt Short, left-handed pitcher, had done very well in the system until this year. This year, he's had quite a few rather shaky outings in Tennessee. Jonathan Sierra, outfielder in Myrtle Beach, 
one of the Myrtle Beach hitters that has started hitting quite a bit better more recently. Jake Slaughter, third baseman, outfielder at the South Bend level. His defense has been very good. He's hit left-handers quite well. He's struggled quite a bit against right-handers. Matt Swarmer, um, he struggled in Iowa this year as a starter. He keeps getting the ball because they need somebody to take the ball, but he has struggled a bit in Iowa. Riley Thompson, pitcher, uh, came into 2021 as one of those guys who a lot of people were looking forward to following this season. There has been nothing to follow. He hasn't pitched. He has been injured. Eric Yulman started the season in 2021 as a starter in Tennessee. It didn't take very well. He had a lot of bad outings. They switched him to the bullpen. He started doing much better. They promoted him to ten, to AAA Iowa. He's looked fairly well up there, looked fairly acceptable, and he's another one of those guys who might get selected. There's no way in the world the Cubs are going to be able to prevent all of the players that some team might want from getting selected. There's just absolutely no way. The Cubs have too many reason, reasonably interesting pitchers. It's not possible to protect all of them from the Rule 5 draft. It's more of a case of which guys, if they get selected, are going to be the most painful if they do fairly well. Uh, next down on the list, Doris Valdez. Don't really know anything about him. Doris Valdez. Hmm. Didier Vargas started quite a bit this season in Myrtle Beach. And I think he is currently injured. Luis Vazquez missed a bunch of the middle of the season with an injury. Started well and is starting to finish well. Nelson Velazquez, Nelson Velazquez, Nelson Velazquez. If I say, no, I don't think he should be Rule 5 protected, then that will be a sign that my podcast has been hijacked. Luis Verdugo, infielder, he's been doing fairly well here and there. Uh, I don't think he is worth protecting. I don't think anyone would select him. And since no one would select him, that's a large part of why he isn't worth protecting. Um, Andy Weber, infielder, he's had so many injury troubles. If if you're gonna put twenty to eight, if you're gonna put on the twenty to eighty scale, ability to stay healthy, Andy Weber has been about a thirty. Uh, if he goes elsewhere and stays healthy and takes off, people will say, "Why didn't you protect?" Well, because he wasn't healthy. Um, can't keep all of them. Blake Whitney, right-handed pitcher. I saw him pop up in an Iowa box score, which kind of surprised me because I had him as more of a Myrtle Beach South Bend guy, but he ended up in an Iowa box score. That was interesting. Jared Young hits. He hits. I don't know if he does all the other things well enough to justify a 40-man roster spot. Delvin's in. Infielder, very great guy from all I've heard. Very good base runner versatile. Um, I don't know if there's enough there to justify a 40-man roster spot. I'm going to stop that. Stop this podcast here.
because 23, 24 minutes is quite enough of me going over names. The next time I get to this, when you run into the next portion of this, you might want to go back and listen to this podcast again if you're unfamiliar with the names. If you are familiar with the names, then it'll be more of a case of bring it. But um, the next podcast on this topic will be going through the players who are asterisked. And then I will add additional information as far as who I think possibly ought to be asterisked that isn't asterisked under Arizona Phil's ideas. His ideas are probably better than mine, but I might have a name or two that uh, I think this guy ought to be protected or... I think this guy ought to be added to the 38-man roster. Um, Arizona Phil knows this stuff better than I do, but I do have my own ideas. And then I will mention who I think will be the Rule 5 Protects. And hopefully by then I will have the Cubs 40-man roster a little bit better nailed because I still want to be... I'm completely, completely serious about this the Cubs would probably be best off having somewhere in the 34-35 range of players protected. 34-35 should be about right. There's no reason in the world the Cubs, with the roster they currently have, ought to be at 38 or 39. It just shouldn't be that way. There will be some free agents they're going to want to sign. There are going to be some players that become available due to other teams having roster crunches. Because everyone, there are going to be teams that have roster crunches. As you're going to look at what the Cubs have, oh, wow, they have a couple of guys. They, they, they're going to have a hard time keeping all of these. Under. Other teams are going to have exactly the same thought. Other teams are going to have exactly the same thought. They will have better players that are more likely to be poached in the Rule 5 draft. And the teams will know that. And what they'll end up doing They'll end up walking into right before the deadline, three or four days before the deadline. They'll realize, okay, we have 44 guys that have to be on our 40-man roster. Simply put, 40 guys that have to be on our 40-man roster. And over the winter, you can't have 44 guys on your 40-man roster. So what they'll have to do, I'm going to, just just to use a hypothetical name, I'll say Tampa Bay. (laughs) Because Tampa Bay is going to have this thing happening to them. They have a great 40-man roster. They have a great pipeline. They're going to have players who they're going to have to add to the 40-man roster. So um, Tampa Bay will get to the point where, okay, we have to let some of these players go. We have to trade some of these prospects, or we have to trade some of our players on our major league roster to create room for the minor league players. So then what you end up doing to use a Cubs situation, let's imagine it's the Cubs roster as it is now. The Cubs roster as it is now, except it's a much better roster. It's a much better team. Then what they'd end up doing is saying, okay, we're going to trade Dylan Maples to this other team for a guy from the 2021 draft. See how, see how easy that is? If you can find a team that is interested in one of your players, one of your players, whether he's on the 40-man roster, or he's going to be on the 40-man roster, and you know you have to make a trade, you absolutely have to, must make a trade, 
Otherwise, you're going to lose a guy in the 40-man, or, or otherwise you're going to lose a man in the 40, the Rule 5 draft. You know you have a guy you're going to lose in the Rule 5 draft. You trade someone to create a 40-man roster spot. You trade someone to somebody and get back a recent draft pick. It's not a fair trade, but it's the best you can get. So uh, the Cubs are going to have some small semblance, possibly, of a 40-man roster crunch, particularly if they want to keep it to 34, 35, 36 players. Some teams are going to have a roster crunch where they already, by the time the season ends, okay, we have 42 guys on the roster that we want on the 40-man roster, and that doesn't include the seven guys that we want to add to the 40-man roster of prospects. Some teams are going to be in a huge crunch. And other teams that are horrible, teams that are horrible, Pittsburgh, um, they're going to say, oh, oh, okay, well, how about this? Um, We'll give you these two insignificant prospects and you send us a couple guys back. And Tampa Bay says, okay, sure, fine, whatever, since you insist. And they give Tampa, Tampa gives Pittsburgh the two guys and they get back the two insignificant guys that nobody's ever heard of. And three weeks later, they're throwing 97 with with sizzle and uh, late cut. And all of a sudden, wait, 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 where'd this guy come from? Oh, we got him from Pittsburgh. You know how that works. But yeah, a number of teams will have roster crunches. A wise team will set them up, set themselves up so that they can take advantage of the fact that other teams have a 40-man roster crunch. And maybe if the the list of names that I just ran off, maybe there's a guy in the 2021 draft who someone else has the hots for. It, you, you just, you don't know. The goal is tomorrow next week be better than today. Tomorrow next week be better than today. And the, the Cubs took a whole bunch of steps back in July. Cubs took a whole bunch of steps back in July. You know it and I know it, but I ran into a statistic tonight which absolutely floored me. Absolutely floored me. As of six hours ago. As of six hours ago, the New York Mets were six games in front of the Chicago Cubs in the standings. The New York Mets are six games in front of the Chicago Cubs in the standings. The Cubs traded every asset they had. The Cubs traded every rental piece that they had on their roster, dumping everything. The New York Mets traded Pete Crow Armstrong for Javier Baez. The Mets were aggressive at the deadline. The New York Mets are six games in front of the Cubs in the standings. The goal in two weeks is to have a better handle on things than now. I'm getting out my 40-man list. I have my 15 guys down the center. I'm going to run through them again. You've heard them before. 
Corey Abbott, Rex Brothers, Jonathan Holder, Jake Jewell, Dylan Maples, Trevor McGill, Ryan Meisinger, Michael Rucker, Adrian Sampson, Adam Morgan, Sergio Alcantara, Frank Schwindel, Ian Happ, Michael Hermosillo, Rafael Ortega. I think I'm really close to adding Frank Schwindel, Ian Happ, and Rafael Ortega to the left side. I haven't done it yet. I think I will very soon. Um, but as in the next two weeks, in the next two weeks, the Cubs are better off if they have a better grasp on who should stick around on into the future. And maybe if they have a situation where they decide, you know what, Ryan Meisinger or Jake Jewell, those are probably my two. Possibly toss in Rex Brothers. Those two, those three. They can go. If the Cubs get to a situation where they decide internally as an organization, you know, I I really don't think there's enough there to get worried about um, front into the future. If they get non-tendered in the offseason, probably not a huge thing. Um... Then that clears up three more, three more roster spots. Actually, I, I even heard Arizona Phil talking about the possibility of setting up uh, Rex Brothers as a type of person that someone can claim um, on waivers right now. And if they put in a waiver claim, then the Cubs effectively back away and say, "Okay, he's yours," um, which would clear up a forty-man roster spot for Jonathan Holder or. Um, Dakota Meccas or someone else. Yeah. So, um, Brendan Little, boy, he just keeps... I, I just have a voice in the back of my head with him. Um, over the next couple... Just consistently get closer to knowing. Which guys are worth keeping around? Which guys aren't worth keeping around? Adam Morgan, is he worth keeping around? If so, why? If not, why not? Ask the question. Ask the question all the time. Ask the question. Has Frank Schwindel done enough to earn a 40-man roster spot for the for over the offseason? If you come up with the definitive yes or the definitive no, that's good. That's good. Hopefully it ends up being correct, but it's also good to come up with a definitive and to have a reason for it. I didn't trim it down today. I didn't tell you who I'm protecting today. But I will go over the asterisked names the next time and possibly nail down who I think ought to be protected from the 40-man roster. But then, of course, until I have the 40-man roster totally nailed down um, for the, from the current players, as long as I still have 15 players in the um, center column, it's all kind of uh, 
very preliminary still. But yeah, I, I wanted to run through the names. Now you've heard most of the names. It's kind of like, uh, let's say you're watching one of those silly cop movies or one of those silly cop uh, TV shows. You have the crime that happens. You have the crime that happens. The television show runs for, what, 48 minutes. The movie runs for an hour and 37 minutes. By a certain point of the movie, by the certain point of an episode, you ought to have been introduced to the person who did the crime. You ought to have been introduced to the person who did the evil thing, whatever it was. You know, first half of the show, maybe a little bit beyond that. You ought to know. You know, it, it shouldn't be a situation of where... You have a 48-minute show, and you don't run into the doer until 42 minutes into the show. That's kind of unfair. I have introduced you to all the names. All the names on the 40-man roster. All the, man, all the players on the um, Rule 5 protection list. And I've also run through all the names of the six-year free agents. I've run through everyone that is of importance for the decision making. There will possibly be some DFA wire guys. I still wish the Cubs would grab Kevin Padlow. But um, I've introduced you to all the names. I'm not to the point where I'm ready to say who. But at least you've heard all the names. And this has been a preliminary look at who will be potentially added in late November for, I think it's November 19th. Does that qualify as late November? It should. It's the second half, um, second half of the month. Late November for the Rule 5 draft in early December, which I'm sure will probably happen one way, shape, or form, even if there is a strike or a lockout. Thanks for stopping by. Be safe. Be nice to others. And I will have more on the Rule 5 draft in a couple of days.